1: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. Hi,
2: my name is David Alexander. I grew up in Brooklyn, and I'm here to answer a few questions and tell my story.
3: One day in the early 70s, David Alexander, decided to go for a run in Central Park.
2: And so I drove up there and um, parked the car and walked down in the meadow, still holding my key ring, my big key ring. (laughs) And um, I I wanted to put put it down. And there I saw uh, Jesse sitting on a blanket a Wednesday afternoon in the spring. And she had the Times Sunday to Arts and Leisure section, a um, bottle of water, a sketch pad, and she had a men's hat with a ribbon tipped to one side. And I said, ah, perfect. May I leave my keys here while I go for front? Sure. She said. And so I was gone for 15 minutes and uh, came back. And uh, we had a natural conversation. And uh, I sat down. And uh, then uh, some time went by and I offered her a ride home, which she accepted. It was a different time <laughs> in New York <laughs> then. <laughs>
3: Will you describe what she looked like?
1: Um,
2: Five foot eight. Straight posture at the time had long hair and green eyes, uh, athletic and uh, slender. Not really slender, muscular slender. And um, she had a a face that was uh, full of character and uh, was both the Smart-looking and lovely. And I asked her for a date. I said, "Um, would you like to go to the ballet?
3: That's quite a... That's a great first date to pull out. It was
2: the Joffrey Ballet at Lincoln Center. Wow. So she said,
3: okay. It's easy to tell this part of the story. The rest isn't so simple. Nothing good ever is. I'm Phoebe Judge. And this is love. What was that first date like at the ballet?
2: <laughs> well, I, I ran out of gas on the way. <laughs> and I said, oh, here's a ticket. You know, I can get some gas and I'll join you soon. She said, oh, no, I'll stay with you. And uh, we uh, came in a little bit late, and then uh, I was taking her home, and uh, I stopped in front of her apartment building, and she said, Would you like to come up? Of course. And we were together ever since.
4: It sounds, when you hear it, like a movie. It sounds right out of a movie. Um, I've told the story to other people. And when you tell it to other people, you know how unbelievable it sounds when
0: you're telling it? We can't prove that this is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, the ease of asking a stranger to hold (laughs) your keys, which you just can't bear to hold in your run. hand while you go for a run.
3: He said he had a gigantic key ring. He said, I just had so many. It was this big ring. <laughs> I just, I gather her keys. <laughs> she had a different upbringing than you did.
2: <laughs> of course she did. <laughs>
3: when did that first become clear to you?
2: Right away. Well, um, Jesse and her um, best friend lived together in this large apartment uh, on the west side of the park. And they would have, during the week, sometimes several dinner parties and salons, as they are known, where someone would uh, be singing while dinner was being prepared. There would be hors d'oeuvres, and there would be wine flowing, and... um, this, of course, was brand new for me. And uh, there would be artists and writers and some famous and semi-famous people that passed through.
3: So you walk into this world of salons and wine. And
2: you... <laughs> yeah, definitely a fish out of water.
3: And when you met her family for the first time. Tell me about that experience. Did you well, go to the family
2: well, home? Well, I remember having uh, being invited for dinner. I was on my best behavior, of course. Certainly I was not her dad's idea of the ideal choice.
4: <laughs> yeah. <the laughs> my grandparents were very traditional. You had to wear
0: specific clothes for different events, and everything was just so. Jody and I were sent every year the Tiffany's Table Book of Manners because we continued to not learn. And then upon our arrival at our grandparents' house, we would be tested and always fail.
3: David and Jesse wanted to make their own kind of life. So they left New York and moved to San Francisco. For money, they opened a lasagna truck— this must have been the first generation of food trucks. They called it Jessica's Movable Feast. They also started studying Eastern religions, transpersonal psychology, and Sanskrit. And when they decided to get married, they asked their teacher to perform the ceremony.
2: He said, sure, he'd be honored. And uh, he set it all up at Golden Gate Park, right near the gardens. He created a traditional marriage that we were painted with henna. We had traditional garb on. And um, my mother and stepdad and Jesse's family came.
3: How'd Jesse's family do with that?
2: Well, (laughs) 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 Well, they were, um, at best, it would have been very, very difficult for them. Bowing to the astrological deities, making offerings of ghee and rice and other things, and circumambulating the fire pit—very, very difficult.
4: There's pictures of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Dad looks fantastic. But he has the largest beard I've ever seen. Mm-hmm and mom looks great also
0: she's wearing a sari and he's wearing a punjabi i think he is
4: wearing a punjabi <laughs> my grandparents they they're pictured there but they sort of look a little bit uncomfortable in the scenario hugely
0: uncomfortable and they're being asked to like pour ghee into a fire ceremony in their like white suits <laughs> Could have sworn he was wearing seersucker. If it I makes he might it. have been wearing seersucker. Are there lots of flowers that? Mm-hmm, garlands, favorite? many garlands, and bindis. Flowers all over the ground. You know, both
4: parents in ecstasy, and that is capture. <laughs> ecstasy. It is. That is what they yeah. look
0: like. <laughs> yeah, they they do look like sort of like they're hovering. Above but also a, re- a slight a relief. David
3: says it was a good life they'd created, a life that seemed natural, one of those lives where you can't really remember anything before. They lived in an ashram, they lived in India, and eventually found an old farmhouse in the mountains of North Carolina. Wherever they landed, David would set up a studio so Jessie could paint. She would spend hours painting and drawing, people and landscapes, sometimes small paintings she might give you as a gift. And then, Jessie was pregnant.
2: Jessie never felt that she was going to have children. She was told in a reading, actually, one time that she'd had that uh, it might be very dangerous for her. And she was very happy to be becoming a mother, totally happy, as it was something that she never felt was going to happen within her lifetime.
3: How did having a baby change your relationship as a couple?
2: don't think it did. See, We were older. We had known each other for 12 years. We had our lives in order. And to manage the extra capacity and the newness of it was just wonderful and exciting.
3: Three years after Julianne was born, Jesse was pregnant again.
2: I remember going to the hospital, and um, the baby's nurse handed me Jody. She said, "Oh, Mr. Alexander, congratulations! You're a grandfather again."
3: (laughs) (laughs) How old? I was forty. And how old was Jesse? Forty-three. Forty-three.
2: Jesse was a happy mother, the happiest. It was six months after Jody was born. She had a lump on her breast. It was analyzed, and uh, she was told that uh, she might live for three and a half years on average.
3: I can't even imagine what that, Damon-
2: Oh, good. Who could imagine that? I was crushed.
3: For three years, they sought the best care they could find. Then she began treatment at a hospital in Virginia. Two of her friends invited her to live with them.
2: As much as she wanted to see the children all the time, she wanted to change the pivot for the girls over to me. And so the children would begin to look to me for all of their needs. We would visit regularly. But uh, we did not live together.
3: So she, it was like she was, it was kind of like training wheels. It was like she was giving a, a, a ramp up period to when you'd have to do this all alone.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was still thinking she was healing. She, she, she held herself together very well, but um, the illness progressed. And um, she was unable to get around as well. And uh, it was obvious that it was gonna be soon. And she called one of our best friends who was godmother to the girls and asked her to come. And our friend Gabriela came and took charge of the situation, Uh, I, I went to sit with her on the last day for her last four hours. She was no longer speaking. And then there was the out breath. It was uh, just a graceful exit. Gabrielle Ella created for the children a great way to say goodbye to their mother. She asked our friends to gather up some children that they knew in the neighborhood some families with small children and we had um, them over her husband built a little boat little sailboat about two feet long simple
0: a little wooden boat that jody and i were encouraged to fill with little gifts or Letters, notes to mom as sort of a send-off. And then we took it down to a stream in sort of a parade, mostly adults. Me and Jody, the lead, in formal dresses that were very starched. I remember that. And uh, we pushed it off.
2: It went down the stream, around the bend, and out of sight.
0: All the adults were just weeping and and also smiling, and I think we were both pretty confused about what was happening. <laughs> Do you remember anything of that, Jody?
4: I only know from the pictures that I commemorate. There are pictures from every stage, walking, me holding the boat,
0: yeah,
4: and then getting to the like the edge of the creek that we put it in. And both Julianne and I standing at the edge of the water in those dresses that seemed slightly out of place. Why were we so fancy? <laughs> I don't know.
3: They'd stayed in close touch with their friends from the ashram, spending many summers with them in upstate New York. And after Jesse died, David and the girls were invited back there as special guests— in order to give them time to get on their feet. They were there for a little over a year, and when it was time to go back into the real world, David took the family back to North Carolina, to Chapel Hill. So you arrive in Chapel Hill with these two little girls, mm. and you, you now now it's you. It's, yeah. it's Dad. And, oh, yeah. Uh, what'd you do?
0: <laughs>
2: it was all about managing. It was not about getting ahead. It was hold down the process, and be there for them when they came home. Stability. Yeah. I managed okay.
0: I think from the outside looking in for a number of years, it was pretty confusing how we were all, you know, banging around through life. And my dad chose to sort of forego financial security for a more loving and readily available situation which I think in the end has really worked out for us I remember him dressing up a lot in costumes of various kinds to pick us up from school like not full costumes but he would put on like a paper mask and just like waltz in and you never knew when he was gonna take like a coosh out of his pocket and just <laughs> toss it to you across a room that in public we, have, we both have very good hand-eye coordination. Because you're always ready Just to go up. <laughs> Seriously. serious, Seriously. Julianne and I sort of like
4: to think we looked... You know how kids these days look really put together. Everything's coordinated. They're girls with bows in their hair, and the moms have done so much to make them look, wow, look, I could take a picture, and this would last, and this would be like, oh, I'd, I'd like to have that for my collection. Where when I when I think about when Julianne and I were dressed up <laughs> as a kid, we grab you know, just grab whatever looked like clean. I sometimes like to think, Oh, we got out of like a trash can. <laughs> it wasn't
3: <laughs> it wasn't a
0: trash can.
3: But your father probably said when you came
0: downstairs and I said, Well, that looks good. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. We, I think we wore Great things choice. that were definitely too small. I mean, sort of straightforward stuff. We probably both looked a lot like miniature fathers. <laughs> and <laughs> we still sort of are.
2: It was easy to to have uh, two beautiful girls who were vibrant and having the opportunity to be dad, you know. And I continued to feed them every bit of their mother that I could.
0: I mean, she's not very far away. She's a s- sort of like... Vague, but she's close, you know. For a number of years after she died, one of our various godparents, we'll call them, would be asked to call us on her birthday and tell us a story from their lives before when they were young, cools in California, which is, I thought was a really nice way of getting at maybe what she would have been telling us. You know, she wouldn't be telling us stories of our life with her. She would have probably over the years told us about what it was like before.
2: You know, she was an amazing uh, woman, an amazing great woman, who had uh, such strength and such great virtues and such Artful living as well as the art.
0: You're still in love with her? Sure. I can't really remember a time when Dad wasn't talking about Mom in general. I think she just is part of his daily existence.
3: When was the last time each of you talked to your father?
0: Jody? Uh, Saturday. That's not true. He came over to your house on Monday. Is that Monday? That's what <laughs> I mean. I don't see the sun. It was so, Monday. So you saw him in person on Monday. Yes. How about you? I also saw him on Monday. And how when but was But different it? times. Different. <laughs> so he's making the rounds on Monday. He really was. And he was saying that and like really congratulating himself about it.
4: <laughs> he quite likes to do that.
0: Make the rounds. One
3: step and then the second.
4: <laughs> Having us both in one day, it feels like a success.
3: Does he show up at your homes or workplaces unannounced? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he would come in, you'd be working, and you're there would be your father.
0: Right. Recently, my boyfriend Chris got a job, and my dad was super proud of him, and he took the opportunity to go to his place of work with a bag filled with ice cream, ice cream boxes. He showed up at Chris's work. Yeah, on his first day looking for Chris. You have to like press a doorbell, get invited in, and then he just immediately is like, have you seen Chris? I need to bring this to Chris. There are like a hundred people who work there and nobody knows who Chris is because it's his first day. But he spends maybe most of an hour looking all over, meeting everyone, glad-handing, meanwhile, just dripping ice cream all over the office (laughs) before he finally finds someone who shows him where a freezer is, where he can deposit the ice cream. I don't think he even encountered Chris. I think Chris was in a meeting or being HR'd somehow, and so he only heard about it when he got back to his desk and everybody in the office had met my dad, who was looking for him. So yeah, it was a good way for Chris to be introduced to his new scene, (laughs) but also, yeah, he's great. My dad's great. And sometimes he misreads a situation, but seems to always tumble out on top.
2: Fox Creative.
4: Because,
1: like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
2: I asked the girls how they would feel if I looked out and maybe looked for some company. Oh, yeah, Dad, go ahead. Sure, yeah, I'll do it, you know, fully encouraging me, you know.
3: <laughs> how did you do?
2: I didn't know exactly how I was going to go about doing this and eventually placed an ad in the independent which was very popular in its time. The of, weekly news yeah, newspaper. The independent. Period. And I placed some expansive ad in there and I got uh, I got a lot of responses. I mean a lot. It was, but I think in the first two days I had thirty calls.
0: He chose to start dating at a pretty challenging time for us, insofar as like we were discovering what like pranks were. And so we played a lot of pranks on women who would come over.
3: What he told me is that the ad went out in the indie. Yep. And that he got a lot of response. He did,
0: yeah. It was too much. Was that hard? Well, we have like a love death grip on each other in general, the three of us. So we're all, we're all very protective, too protective. So you didn't think this one was good enough? Mm-hmm. Julian and I them. didn't
4: care yeah. for one of them. Yes.
0: Did you tell your father that?
4: Oh yeah, Mo- I feel like we vocalized it at least half a dozen times.
0: And also, we put saran wrap on the toilet before she went in there. <laughs> so like, not always verbal communication. We chickened out of a few really harsh ones. Like we put tacks in her shoes once, <laughs> <laughs> and then we went and folded them out. <laughs> Are you dating
3: now? I'm not. Are you interested in dating now?
2: Oh, look at you! <laughs> the phone's going to be ringing. This is just <laughs> like that ad in the paper. <laughs> I I'd say I am ready to date.
3: Are you online dating? I have. What's on? How are? Are you good at online dating?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I'm me.
4: It'd be nice to have, for him to have someone. He spent a a long time, and the more time I feel like he spends without someone, the more he sort of gets too comfortable with himself, if Mm -hmm. that's possible.
0: That's right.
4: Um, And structure is more needed than anything else, (laughs) I think. Not not that he doesn't know what to do. It's just that he says things like, I could really use some woman kindness and what he's saying is that he can't take care of himself as much as he thinks he probably should be doing. Yeah, he's existing and he's doing a good job and he's healthy, but yeah, he doesn't see things that I I
0: point out, and I feel bad, and I don't want to be mean that I'm pointing out, but he- she means like ear hair, to be clear. Um, I think you're totally right, Jody. The more time he spends by himself, the more, I mean, it sort of seems like the pool of candidates is shrinking both in actual numbers, but also just because people become more and more jaded in their own ways, and so then they're less eligible for my dad, who I think really more than anything wants like an open-hearted person. So, yeah, finding a partner of any kind, even if it's just someone to pal around with, would take a little of the pressure off of us. You know, that love grip that I was referring to is real, and having someone else who could listen to some of the stories and give the haircuts, and I think he would really thrive.
3: What has he taught you about relationships? If you don't have the same,
4: like, deep heart, like, heart sense of each other, then why are you wasting your time,
0: kind of? Oh yeah, he's a real cut your losses kind of guy when it comes to love. He's, like, either it's there or it's not. And there's no sense in trying to build it. It's just, it's not how it works.
3: This is Love is produced by Lauren Spohr, Nadia Wilson, and me. Audio mix by Rob Byers. Special thanks to Ian Chillog and Katie Davis. Julianne Alexander creates original illustrations for each episode of This is Love, and her father is very proud of her. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Here's a preview. I think that's
4: normal to be scared. I mean, when you can't see anything below, but you can feel something. Uh, and you can also not just feel the motion, but the presence of something.
3: Go subscribe and find out more about the show at thisislovepodcast.com. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. Special thanks to Adzerk for providing their ad-serving platform to Radiotopia. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is love.
0: Radiotopia.